Coming! Coming! Who is it? Pizza delivery! Pizza delivery? That's alright, I got your pizza right here, it's a Pizza Twins! Pizza Twins? Is that the new place in Irvine? Hold on, wait a second, I didn't even order a pizza! Well, I got you pizza right here, it's hot, it's fresh, and ready for you! What kind is it? It's uh What do you like? What do you mean, what do I like? What kind of pizza is it? It's uh Okay, it's uh double cheese and the pepperoni. Oh, but I hate pepperoni. Well, it's not getting any warmer, so I suppose you are better open the door. All right, fine. How much is it? Well, normally it's a $10 for the double cheese and an extra dollar for the pepperoni. But I hate pepperoni! Well, that's actually okay, Steve, because I'm not a really Pizza Twins pizza. It's a really me! J.D. Hansel! Ah! J.D., what are you doing here? I came all this way because I need to talk to you, Steve. But, but this is ridiculous. J.D., I was just in Baltimore this morning. I flew home today. I've been on an airplane literally all day long and just walked in my house about 10 minutes ago. I was going to stay in Baltimore an extra day and maybe hang out with you, but your mom said you weren't home. Yeah, that's because I was already here in California waiting for you. I bought this Pizza Guy costume today at the Halloween store that, for some reason, is still open on the 5, and this costume is great. It even comes with this authentic Italian mustache, see? Oh, yeah. I guess that's pretty nifty. Yeah, when you wear that mustache, you do really look Italian and everything. Yep. But it's really me, J.D. Hansel. Ah! Isn't it great? Stop doing that! Okay, anyway, Steve, I rode my bike all the way out here to Southern California because you aren't answering my calls, and I really need to talk to you. But... Wait, but you're 22 years old. You can drive. Steve, we all agree. You need to come back on the podcast. It's just not the same without you. No, 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 no. I'm much too busy, and even though I love what you do and everything with the podcast, I simply don't have time, I don't have the energy, and I don't have the interest anymore. I just, I can't do it. I won't. But Steve, Jared walked out in a huff last week, and so now all I... I don't even have time to listen to the show anymore, and I have no idea what's going on with it. So now all I'm left with is C.W. Roeder, who, don't get me wrong, is a good guy, but he's completely new to podcasting, so he's still developing those instincts, but his enthusiasm is great. I mean, he's like my own personal Walter. The guy really looks up to me, and after all... Wait, 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 wait. What did you say? I said that Jared left the show because he, he says he won't do it without you. So now there goes our Grover and a bunch of other characters. And the tournament's coming up, m maybe, unless it isn't. And C.W. Roeder is doing the best that he can. And even though he's my biggest fan, I don't know that we're ready to do a show just oh, the on, two of us wait, yet. Wait, yeah, yeah, Th that part right there. That part about C.W. Roeder. What exactly are you saying? Not much, just that Rotor's my biggest fan, and now he's my new co-host. It's actually really great for my self-esteem, and in a way, doing the podcast with him instead of you and Jared makes it a lot more fun. There's nobody harassing me now, you know? I can just be proud of my work. But, you know what, you've made your point. I thought this grand gesture of waiting at your doorstep would win you over, but you're just too busy, so I guess I'll just head home. Oh, hey, 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 actually, JD, I, I was thinking... 
Yeah. What time did you say you were recording this next show? Uh, tomorrow night or, or possibly later, depending on how long it takes me to bike home. Hmm. Huh. Hey, JD, you know what? I think I just, I might have an opening in my schedule for tomorrow night. No. Yeah, yeah. You know, it looks like maybe you got lucky this time. So here, how's about I temporarily sit in on a show or two just to show CW the ropes from a veteran podcaster's point of view. And, you know, maybe I can save him some time on the learning curve, showing him what does and doesn't work. And, you know, maybe, maybe influence him a little bit, you know, show him the Steve Swanson way of doing things, you know, just, just to help you out. Really? You do that? Oh, Steve, that'd be great. I just can't believe my luck this year. To think that I get this great news just a few weeks after finding out that I, J.D. Hansel, have a fan. Ah! Will you stop that? Welcome to Muppet Fans Talking. Join us as Jim Henson fans from around the globe come together with commentary on the news and productions of the Jim Henson Company, Sesame Workshop, Muppet Studio, and beyond. Now, here's your host, or at least he's one of them, J.G. Hansel. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Muppet Fans Talking, episode number 16, brought to you by me, J.D. Hansel, and my good friend, uh, artist extraordinaire, C.W. Roeder. Hey there, Clayton, how you doing? Hey there, this is C.W. Roeder from things like this podcast. I'm doing good, J.D., thank you for asking. Uh, no, 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 we talked about this. If you're going to be a co-host on this show, you gotta use proper English, you gotta say you're doing well. Okay, I know that's not the American way, but it is the J.D. Hansel way. You yes, understand? Sir, I'm very, very sorry. Yes, sir. Sorry. It's okay. It's all right. I forgive you. By and large, you're doing well. You're learning fast. And I've got good news for you. We've actually got someone coming on this show very soon who's going to be able to help you be a better co-host on this podcast. Thaddeus Quentin Ovaltone? What? No, no, no. It's it's actually, you know what? I think I hear him calling in right now. Um, hello, a special guest. Are you with us? I told you before, don't ever put sushi in front of me. Only sushimi. You moron. Hey, oh, hey, Steve, oh. Steve, Steve, you're on. Hello? Hey, JD? Yes, it's me, JD. <laughs> hey, JD, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing very well. And hey, guess what? I've got my good friend with me, C.W. Roeder. Oh my gosh, you're, you're, you're the Steve Swanson? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I am. Yeah. Oh Hi, CW. Gosh, you, you, ha you don't know how long I've waited for this moment. Oh, well. There are so many things I can ask you about JD. Well, I, wait, what? What is the funniest thing he's ever told you? What brand of underwear does he wear? What's his favorite fairy tale? I bet it's Hansel and Gretel. When did his crush okay, first okay, hey, on hey, hey, Clayton, 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 calm down. Keep your pants on, okay? Man, wow. how many times do I have to say that in this show? I bought a new belt and everything. I'm trying. Okay, all right. I respect that. I appreciate that. It's just, now that we've got... The three of us together. Yeah. I think this is a great opportunity for us to try again without the management of MuppetHub.com cutting us off 
to go through what's coming up in 2019. We've heard stories, we've heard some rumors, some of which have been confirmed. We've heard some official announcements of some big, great things that are coming this year. And um, I think that between the three of us, the, uh, the new guy, the old guy, and the middle guy, we'll all have some different and interesting perspectives on all of this stuff. So uh, what do you say, guys? All right. Well, as the middle guy, I say I am uh, really excited about getting this going and uh, seeing what there is to uh, talk about this week. And as the new guy, I would say the same, except younger with a younger voice. Steve, why did I uh, why did I want to bring you? Never mind. All right. First on our list is the Street Gang documentary. Oh, wow. The Street Gang documentary. You mean the very same one that was still in development? Oh, when I was still doing the Muppet cast? <gasps> oh, wait, there was a Street Gang documentary in development when you were doing the Muppet cast? Yes, there is. There was. I talked to the people who were raising money for it. And uh, it, apparently it's still gonna be made. What? I, I didn't realize this had been... A thing that okay here let, let's just go through the more recent developments uh, okay. I've got an article here that let's see when is this from this is a variety article from November of 2018 not that long ago just a few wow. months ago it says focus features is in advanced negotiations to acquire worldwide rights to street gang Marilyn Agrello's documentary exploring the Sesame Street phenomenon HBO has acquired US streaming and broadcast rights variety has learned introduced to buyers at the AFM by the exchange I don't know what any of that means street gang is partly based on Michael Davis best-selling book of the same name published in 2008 when we were celebrating that other Sesame Street anniversary it I'm I'm taking a few liberties here this uh, Variety is not nearly as snarky as I am, just so you all know. Just want to make that clear so that they don't sue me. It charts the creation of the groundbreaking puppet series, which will celebrate its 50th anniversary, well, now this year, and has become a cultural and social phenomenon. Not doing it. Not doing it. Street Gang sheds light on the most experimental period of the children's show and features behind-the-scenes footage as well as interviews with co-creators Joan Gans Cooney and Lloyd Morissette, original head writer Norman Stiles, as well as some original cast members and puppeteers, including Big Bird puppeteer Carol Spinney and Prairie Dawn puppeteer Fran Brill. Now, to me, the interesting thing about this is we're going to hear from Lloyd Morissette, who is someone I've read about in print. I didn't know he was still alive. Is he still doing things? Is he still talking? I mean, the fact that we're actually getting footage of some of these but lesser hold known... on. Here's the thing. Uh, this has been a, a long time coming. Now, I'm glad that they're starting to talk about the worldwide distribution and rights and where they're going to put this so people can actually watch it. But... They got to make the thing before people can actually watch it. And it feels like that's been trying to happen for a very, very long time now, right? Yeah. What I'm seeing here in this article is that it is still in production, at least as of November. I, I haven't seen any updates saying that they've gone into post-production. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, on the upside, they've finished, to my knowledge, they've finished building the set, or at least they've got a good bit of it done, because they're recreating the original 1960s set. That's something you'll like, Steve. They're going right. to no, show you that's, the old that's set. Good. Back, that's good. Back when it was good. So, yeah. you, it's got that going for it. But, but um, the downside of it is that the people that they are making a documentary about are going to slowly begin expiring if they don't start getting this thing out the door. 
But if it's in production right now and they're already getting these interviews, I think they're in good shape. I All mean, right. they, they're will, catching will these Frank people Oz just in this time. Well, Frank Oz be doing? Oh, no. Well, he already did his movie. Yeah, I think Frank Oz has to go into some sort of hibernation after Muppet guys talking. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's just it's vital that it, for his health. Now he has to not talk about the Muppets publicly again for the next 10 years. Then he will reemerge younger right, right. and start, you know, explaining Fozzie Bear better than ever before. And it'll be amazing. And we will all be very happy. And Kermit's mother will be happy and so on and so forth. He's on Twitter still. Oh, yeah. That's, That's nice. nice. Yeah. Well, you yeah. can use Twitter in a cave. You don't need to, you know, be non-hibernating to use Twitter. This is true. This is true. In other Sesame Street news... Uh, this is from toughpigs.com. If you've ever wanted to walk onto Sesame Street, shop at Hooper's store, sit on the stoop, and basically pretend you live on an old brownstone, your opportunity is coming soon. You too can be homeless. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. That uh, just welcome. made my day. You're welcome. Yep. All you, hail the hobo king. Um, <laughs> Now, this is as of May the 4th, 2018, so it's okay. it's a while back. I mean, we're, what, just less than a couple months away from May the 4th, 2019. It's Star Wars um, Day, yeah. It is, yeah. Wow. Um, so, so, supposedly, it's coming, like, really soon. I don't buy it, but let's, let's cut to the chase here. SeaWorld in Orlando has just announced... A new Sesame Street-themed area of their theme park. It will include a facsimile of the familiar street, Sesame Street parades, new rides, character appearances, and more. SeaWorld has promised Abby Cadabby's Garden, Mr. Hooper's Store, Bear, uh, Big Bird's Nest, and The Stoop at 123 Sesame Street, as well as meet and greets with Elmo, Cookie Monster, and Big Bird. Now, I know what you're thinking. Doesn't this already exist in Pennsylvania? Well, yes, but first of all... This is going to be in Florida, which means it's going to be the same, but worse. Secondly, <laughs> it's going to be near the Disney parks and near Universal and actually have some money behind it. So it's going to be the same, but much better. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, when we were there, Steve, I noticed that uh, there was no real feeling that you were actually immersed in the world of Sesame Street. It's like you're well, just going around a... But it was what? still a lot of fun. I mean, let's oh, it not... was a lot of fun. Oh, okay. okay. I liked Sesame like, Place. I had our a good day time at... at Sesame Place. Is well documented. Yes, it you was a lot of fun. Yeah, I've yes, watched we... it many a time. It's a good time. You've this watched it multiple times. Up wow, on me. it was great. I am <laughs> presently at about view fifty-three as of two hours ago. But wow. I'm remembering that... now. We. I was going to say, go ahead, Steve. wow, and that video only has 64 views, so we know where that's coming from. Yeah, a kid threw up on me. Hopefully that doesn't happen if you go to the uh, Sesame think... Place Park or the one in, in Orlando. Um, yeah, I, I accidentally forgot to include that in the video, and that yeah. will haunt me till the day I die. Yeah. But we already talked about it on a podcast episode. The long and the short of it is, a kid threw up on Steve, and it was the best day of my life. But... <laughs> When you're when you're there at Sesame Place, there's very much a sense that it's just a bunch of different stuff to do everywhere, a bunch of different attractions. Mm -hmm. And then here is the little Sesame Street set that's good for photos, and that's about it. And it doesn't really look like you're on Sesame Street, obviously. Not in any era of Sesame Street. Not the old one, not the new one. It's just kind of... It's like, you know in Blazing Saddles when they put up that fake version of the town? 
This is that for Sesame Street. And it's really annoying because you can see all the rides and stuff over. What I'm saying is Sesame Sesame Place was built in a different era before they were doing things like, you know, the whole Harry Potter world or the Cars Land or the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and all this stuff that's supposed to immerse you in one franchise. So now that SeaWorld has this property of Sesame Street to play with that has these iconic places for you to go. And they're located in Florida. My hope, since they're building this from scratch, is that they'll do a more immersive experience that feels like the real deal. Uh, So now Steve can get thrown up on by a child uh, on a stoop that feels like the real stoop. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. Now, the the park in Pennsylvania, I forget who owns that. I think it might be Bush Gardens. Yeah, it's still the same company. Okay. So so the one in, in Pennsylvania is owned by Bush Gardens and called Sesame Place. The one in Florida is owned by SeaWorld, and it's called, Oh, please, please, please come back to SeaWorld. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure SeaWorld and Busch Gardens are all a part of the same company. I think they are. They need need that Sesame Street push. I went to SeaWorld when I was maybe 9 or 10, and the only thing I remember is, A, the bathroom, and, 2... That there were folk man as puppets in the gift shop. Those are the two things I remember about SeaWorld. Okay. All right. I mean, you, you, you can't remember much after five years, so I don't uh, fault you for that. <laughs> but sorry, now, that was brutal. There, there's I'll cut a lot that. of. I'll cut that. Th- that's, no, that's funny. There's a lot of Sesame Street in Florida, though. Um, there's the, uh, the Bush Gardens Sesame area, right? Uh, that's in Tampa. There's already some Sesame stuff in SeaWorld, and there has been for quite some time. This is just building onto that. So there's, if you're a Sesame fan and you're in Florida, I mean, you don't have to. Disney who, right? I mean, just there, there's, there's, I got nowhere Ex- to go with that. But yeah. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. But if you are going to Florida and you are a Muppet fan, where do you have to go? Um. Not Walt Disney World, apparently, because there's nothing there anymore. Um, you have to go to Muppet Vision 3D well, before they blow it up. To, yes, before they blow it up, which is happening this summer, which is what we're going to get to next in the news, right? Yes, folks, ladies and gentlemen, mark your calendars. Disney is blowing up Muppet Vision 3D. <laughs> <laughs> this summer, they're going to make a big spectacle out of it. In the opening of Star... In fact, for the grand opening of Star Wars Land, they're blowing up Muppet Vision 3D. It's a big the special Death effects Star thing. It's going to be hover great. hover over Muppet Vision 3D and blow it up. It's like See, suddenly... Kermit animatronics thousands of Muppets cried out at John once Williams and were plays. suddenly silenced. And from the ashes, Darth Vader will rise, and for some reason, we will clap for him. <laughs> That's the plan. Mark your calendars, folks. Well, the weird part is the parade at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, the parade with all the dead Muppets on yeah, uh, being held up Muppet on parades. sticks. Boy, this took a turn. Hey, let's uh, <laughs> let's get back to the list. Well, speaking of dead Muppets, the Dark Crystal. Uh, oh, <laughs> for no, some reason, was... we will clap for him. <laughs> uh. <laughs> From the Muppet mindset. Yes. Um, oh boy, here comes uh, Jared Fairclough. Way back in... Tw- Actually, um, Clayton, do you have this story in front of you? Because you do a way better Jared impression than I do. Oh, yes. I would be more than happy to. Thank All you right. very much, <clears throat> sir. Hi there. Jared from the Muppet Mindset. 
Oh my guys? gosh, it's Jared from the Muppet Mindset. Hey, hey Jared. Whoa, that's good. Thank you. I mean, build it and they will come, man. You you got here right away as soon as you found out Steve was back. Welcome to the show, Jared. Good to have you here. I hate being here, but you know. Way back right, in 2017, we retreated to news that Netflix was put, putting together a brand new prequel of the Dark Crystal entitled Age of Resistance. Today, on the film's 36th anniversary, Netflix has dropped a ton of information, including photos. I've turned British for some reason, pardon me. Character descriptions <laughs> and the show's voice cast. And boy, did they get some big names. The okay, com- that's enough because I'm going right, to break. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm going to break if we go any further. So we like to point out for the listening audience that on our list of news stories, this is listed as the the Dark Crystal Age of Rebootance, which I think is very nice work from JD. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And also, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. So looking over the cast, there are a few names that don't really jump out at me. Um, But some uh, but that's mostly because I'm not up to speed on who's, you know, famous and popular now. The, The names that really strike me. Uh, as as being somehow a part of the cast of the reboot, whenever it comes to Netflix, which is supposed to be this year, it's yeah. Helena Bonham Carter, okay, Keegan Michael Key, oh okay, Simon Pegg, hmm? Andy Samberg, hmm. and Mark Hamill. Well. Oh wait, sorry, I I didn't mean to bury the lead. I should also point out that also in this cast, get ready for this one, folks, right. is Victor Yared. <coughs> yes, <laughs> what? That Victor, I know, puppeteer Victor Yared oh is going to be my. in a puppet production. Can you believe that? Oh, my gosh. Wow. And also, guess what? what? Alice Deneen's going to be in this. They are pulling out all the stops. My gosh. I know. And, 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 and Luis Gold. Oh, I really thought you were going to see say Louis C.K. for just a split second. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> sorry, sorry to let you down, but Louis um, Gold's cool. All right, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's it's a whole bunch of uh, puppeteers in this show. So good for the puppeteers. That yeah. means that they will. That uh, that means one of two things: either a, they're going to use puppets, or b, hideous CGI. Like I'm voting for b. Hideous CGI, but they'll use the Henson digital puppetry system. Oh, you're so, oh, so, there we go. That's full circle. We'll, there it's we not go. CGI. We'll, we'll know. That's no. see the beauty of it is is we'll know that they're puppets, even though what we see is hideous CGI. That's that's the beauty of the right. system is that right, it's right. the knowledge of the puppetry that makes it beautiful. That's what so I wait, think of when I think hold of the magic now. of Henson. Yeah. So it's just stay with me. So this is. Dark Crystal, number one, mm-hmm. and it's probably, in all likelihood, going to be uh, computer animated. I mean, sorry, CGI. I mean, sorry, I mean uh, digital puppetry. And so that's why I have to pretend to like it. Oh no, Steve, you don't understand. F- first of all, oh, the good oh, news no, is, okay. yeah, yes. the good news is, some photos have come out from the set, and it looks like they have shot footage with real puppets that they built. So oh. they did build uh, practical effects for this. Uh, the downside is the puppets that they're using in this yes. Yes. look like the puppets from the Dark Crystal. Oh. So <laughs> you will need to deal with that. That's the compromise. Mm. So the the second part of that though is 
as long as we have uh, someone on this podcast who's willing to pretend to like it, Steve doesn't necessarily have to. Not it. Not it. Oh, no. He's got to pretend to like it. It's okay. You know what, uh, Clayton? We'll uh, we'll let you off the hook this time. Just be prepared <laughs> next time. Just try to be up to speed, okay? Okay. Yes, sir. Like I'm not I'm not gonna do that to you when you're this when you're this fresh to the show. Right. I'm gonna right, be good. Right, right, right. Th- see, that was just a practice game. That was that was so, still fear in me. Yes. Yes. We got, we fear is a good toes, motivator. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fear and disappointment are good motivators. Hey, speaking of fear and disappointment, what's next on the list? Well, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Darn it, Steve, you know what's next on the list. (laughs) What's next on the list, of course, is Labyrinth the Musical. Labyrinth the Musical. Yep, that's pretty much the idea as I understand it. It's great. Somebody said, hey, let's take a Jim Henson musical and make it a musical. And then somebody else said, you're an idiot. That didn't make sense. And then the first guy said, I know I'm high. Um, And the first guy was Big Bird. That's how I think this went down, because they are actually going to try to adapt a musical into a musical, which is still one of the strangest things I have ever said on this podcast. And I have gotten upset with Tamanella Grinderfall on this podcast, so it's got quite a record to beat there. From ToughFigs.com, Labyrinth is one of the great movie musicals of the 1980s, and now it might be one of the best musical musicals, too. In a recent interview with Forbes, Brian Henson revealed that a stage version of Labyrinth is in the works. The Labyrinth musical would bring David Bowie's classic songs to life, and presumably many of Jim Henson's creations as well, live on stage. In the interview, Brian Henson had hope for a run in London's West End, with uh, a possibility of bringing it to Broadway as well. Hey, it's kind of ironic because at the be beginning of Broadway. <laughs> I was going to say it's kind of ironic because at the beginning of Labyrinth, um, as soon as Sarah realizes she's late, she runs from the UK to New England. So maybe yeah, the musical will also have a run from the UK to uh, to New York. Uh, Who knows? Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Your joke was better, but I enjoy mine because it plays with trivia that most people wouldn't know if they didn't pay attention to the specific locations they used to shoot the movie, which I did because I'm an expert on Labyrinth. I wrote the video essay on Labyrinth. But my joke was funny. (sighs) Well, either way, either way, I don't think we should. I don't think we should get our hopes up too high for this musical because, I mean, even Brian as they wrote on Tough Pigs, he doesn't have hopes for a run in London's West End. He only has a single hope. So even oh. he isn't too worried. Okay, that's that's interesting. Well, you know, while we're talking about this musical and about Brian Henson, I actually have some special news for you guys. You're what? not going to believe this. What? I, um, okay. So I've been talking with the dealer who snuck me that copy of Kermit, Prince of Denmark, something that nobody had heard before I listened to it. Right, right, of course, yes. Okay, I was able to get the demo tape of Brian Henson's songs that he has written for the new Labyrinth the Musical. (gasps) Oh my goodness! Yes, we're going to get to sample those songs. Now, I I should warn you, the original tape... That I got, well, it was actually a whole set of tapes because he couldn't limit it to one. He wrote a lot 
Most of it's boring. Most of it's <laughs> actually opera. From the music that he's writing for a musical in 2019, you mean? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Would you expect anything else but cassette tapes from no, Ryan no, Henson? Not, not at all. Not at all. I mean, had it been Frank Oz, it would have been eight tracks, but that's beside oh, that's the point. that's true, yeah. Uh, the point is, uh, because so much of what Brian Henson wrote was... Um, uh, boring or bad or actually opera, which I wasn't going to subject you to. I have taken just a few of the highlights, just a few clips from throughout his tape and Ooh. presented this little sample for you of the music coming soon to Labyrinth the Musical. Roll All the right, tape. Here we, here we go. Hi, I'm Brian Henson. This demo tape has a few samples, just samples, of some of the compositions I've been working on for our new Labyrinth musical. It is to be sent directly to our New York offices to Heather Henson, directly. Okay, do not let this fall into the hands of any of those Muppet fan sites. All right? It will be very bad if this gets into the wrong hands. Okay, they will sample the worst bits from each of these many compositions, which are just ideas, all of them. And it will be an absolute disaster. Okay, everybody understand? Good. These first two songs I've got are songs for Sarah. She didn't get songs in the movie. She's going to get them in the musical. Okay, here we go. Goblin King, Goblin King, give me the child. Spare me the monsters and fiery so wild. Get off my back, you British queer pedophile, and give me my brother back. I think I'm finally starting puberty. At age 16, how is this new to me? Now don't be alarmed, the other characters get some great new songs too. Hello, come have a cup of tea. Come on inside and meet the missus, it'll surely cheer you up. Suddenly Hoggle is standing beside you. Standing beside you, he killed that giant robot. And now he's your friend. Old Ludol and the Sarah should be friends. Old Ludol and the Sarah should be friends. Okay, now that is all of the original compositions we have so far, but remember, we did get the rights to Young Girl by Gary Puckett. If we want to have Jareth sing that, uh, he can do Every Breath You Take, uh, Girl Watcher, Sweet Little Sixteen, uh, You're Sixteen, You're Beautiful in Your Mind. We have so many great options for that character already out there. And let's not forget, I have reworked the original songs from the 1986 movie uh, into some new Broadway style show-stopping numbers. Slap, lad, baby! Okay, wow, uh, that was... Well, that was, uh... That was a little... It's, it just... I, I, tell me if you feel the same way, but it's just taking... Hen, Henson taking an old idea like that and trying to just warm it over to try to make it relevant again. I mean, I'm... I'm I'm glad. I guess I'm glad they don't do that very often, right? So, anyways, moving on. Hey, what's the next news story we have? So the next news story is the Jim Henson Company making a new show about Teddy Ruxpin. Oh, I see. Well, so much about uh, just taking one thing and warming it over again, right? I mean, that's that's really not what Henson's known for, anyways. So, 
Okay, well, hold on, folks. Hold on to your horses, because get this. Yeah? This oh. show huh? will... This is confirmed. This is yes. not a joke. This is confirmed. This yeah. show will make what? use what? of the Henson Creature Shop's <gasps> digital puppetry system. Uh, 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 oh, man. All right. Well... All right. So, uh, it's just... <sighs> just to recap... A new Dark Crystal series, a labyrinth musical for some reason, and uh, Henshin Digital Puppetry CGI Teddy Ruxpin. You may all vomit together. One, two, two three. Okay. Wow. That was a terrible idea. We're never doing that again. <laughs> no, no. And, and by that, I mean, we're never talking about news about the Jim Henson Creature Shop ever again. No. Okay, no. let's let's end on a good note. We're going to end on an up thing. Let's please end this uh, meeting on a high note. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's two Mel Brooks references in this podcast. We're winning. We, we are. are winning. We are. Okay, so to end it on a high note, uh, the, the final rumor we have here and this i think most of the other things were confirmed this one's a rumor and we heard about this about a year ago now we don't know about the development but disney's streaming service will feature a new muppet series um first f- first though disney is going to have to actually launch this service which i thought was going to be up and running by now um oh no no no, no not yet oh, this, this year ha- but not yet yeah oh okay yeah so but you're, but Jada, you buried the lead on this. Oh, what's the lead? Because the lead on the story, the the big reason they're doing a new uh-huh. Muppet production is uh-huh. that the Muppet performers in this show uh-huh. are going to be using actual puppetry skills. Can you believe it? All we are saying is give puppets a chance. Okay, I like where you're going. I was was gonna pull you back, but that was a good move there, CW. Good move. What? No, no, no. I'm just just trying to help kind of you know bring into the fold. Good 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 going there. I I wasn't sure about the energy. I like what you're bringing. We don't have to tell JD this, okay? But you're doing you're doing a good job. Okay, Okay. let's get back in there, champ. Let's go. Here we go. But Steve, that wasn't him singing. That was me. CW, that was a great impression of Hansel you did just there. I really like it again. I like the voices. I like the energy. Let's keep it up. Let's keep it up. Let's go. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. Well, it is time for, oh, I'm really excited for this, folks. We've, we've hinted at it. We've, we've, we've teased it a little bit. We've, we've poked and prodded the bear here, but let's get right to the point. 2019 is the year when Sesame Street is celebrating its 50th anniversary. The big 5-0. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Something, something. Sesame Hmm? Street is 50. I, I, how have I not heard anything about this? I know it's crazy, but now Sesame Street. They've really kept it in the wraps. Wow. Well, 
All that I know is, all of a sudden, now that it's February, randomly, Sesame Street is just really getting into marketing their 50th anniversary really okay. fast. Like, well, they are diving into this yeah. headfirst. Like, okay. January, yeah. I heard nothing celebrating yeah. their 50th. Yeah. December, nothing. Now that we're in February, somebody woke up, and you can see, <laughs> like, all the Facebook pages, the the pictures are all changing they've wow. got their logo for the 50th ready to go they're starting to put it out there they're getting their books ready like i think craig shemin's books on uh, sam and friends and the boss men are going to get some tough competition mm. from all of the sesame street books they're putting out there yeah so um yeah the long and the short of it is we here at muppet hub believe that it's time for us to join in the celebration. Now that Sesame Street's ready to celebrate its 50th birthday, we're ready to celebrate it too, and we know just how to do that. We are now going to present you with the best of Sesame Street. Yes, that's right, the best of Sesame Street presented by MuppetHub.com. We have taken all of the classic moments that you fondly remember from three important eras of Sesame Street history. We've got the highlights of the early years up until 1979. That's 69 to 79, the first decade. Then their second decade from 1980 to 1989. And we're also going to look at the highlights uh, from 1990 until everything goes to pot. So... Uh, that basically is the plan. Steve wrote that part. I didn't. I'm lying. I wrote that part, but I knew Steve would like it, and I'm trying to earn some points back. I did. He did a good um, job with that one. <laughs> you're so funny, JD. Thanks. And also, you're welcome. So, we're going to go ahead and look at some of our favorite moments, and your favorite moments, too, from the era from 1969 to 1979. Who would like to start with something that they and all the listeners at home fondly remember as one of Sesame Street's greatest, most beautiful, heartwarming moments? Ooh, I go. I, I know. I know. Oh, me, yes. Me, Steve, me, Steve, me, by me. all means, take it away. Uh, I have to say the, uh, the iconic Muppet moment that everyone knows from Sesame Street, of course, Manamana. Oh, yes. Yes. Manamana, that we all know from, from the, the Muppet Show. That is a great... German erotic Wait, cinema. What? Yeah, that's... Uh, oh. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It wasn't on the Muppet Show first. First, it was on Sesame Street, but before that, it was on the Ed Sullivan Show. Right. Hey, uh, J- J- but J- JD, JD, yeah. JD. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Steve, Steve, one second. Um, yeah. Uh, JD, uh, what does erotic mean? I'll tell you when you're older. I don't... uh, Okay. All right. Uh, Anyway. So let's go ahead and hear the clip of um, the scene that started it all. The erotic foreign... Was it Swedish? German? Finnish? I I can't remember. I've got Swedish in my head for some reason. Maybe it was Norwegian? what What language is pati pitipi? If we figure that out... I think we'll have our answer. I'm looking up the history of Menomina right now. Okay. Let's see here. Menomina is a popular song by Italian composer Piero Illuminati. Ooh. No, Piero <laughs> Umiliani. It originally appeared in the Italian film. Okay, so it's an Italian film called uh. Sweden. An Italian film called Sweden. And so no, confusion. you're making that up. I am not making that up. It's an oh, Italian wow. film called, wait for it, wait for it, called Sweden, Sweden. Heaven and Hell, or Svezia, Inferno e Paradiso. Okay. It was, 
It was a minor radio hit in the U.S. and in Britain, but became better known internationally for its use by the Muppets and on the Benny Hill Show. Well, that makes sense, actually. Huh. Sesame Street producer Joan Gans Cooney heard that this is all from Wikipedia, by the way, so it's all wrong, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. Sesame Street producer Joan Gans Cooney heard the track on the radio and decided both it and a shaggy puppeteer named Jim Henson would be perfect additions to the show. First performed by Jim Henson, Frank Oz, um, and wait, and Loretta Long, yes, Susan, yeah. on the 14th episode of the long-running children's show broadcast on November 27th, 1969. Susan so Joan Gans Cooney was watching Benny Hill chasing young, half-dressed women around on TV and thought, I, this is exactly what I need for my budding children's educational show. Yes. <laughs> no, apparently, no, apparently before Sesame Street, okay, it was Joan used. Okay, Joan Gansconi's husband was watching, let's be honest, Benny no, Hill. she was but, listening to the radio and it was getting radio play because it was used in a recurring sketch on the Red Skelton show. Another comedy show on TV. And then Sesame Street scooped it up the same year. I like my version better. Let's put my I version, like your on version better. Let, put that on Let's, Wikipedia. I am good. Okay, here we go. Edit. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Edit uh, the loading bar. There we go. Uh, let's see here. You know what? I'll do that later. Okay, For now, good, good, good. Yes. let's listen to one of the original versions of Menomina from Sesame Street slash the Benny Hill show slash the Red Skelton show slash Sweden. Svezia Inferno e Paradiso. clip you wanted to share yes yes um there's there's a very beautiful moment from season one that if if you have any appreciation for jim henson or the muppets or really just the art of puppetry in general 
then you mm. will love the sheer majesty of All Together Now, in which we see puppets very exquisitely performed. And not only are they exquisitely performed, but they're built in such a way that they will never, ever fall apart or just, you know, have a little accident or anything. And not only puppetry, but the camera work and, like, the editing is, like, you know, they they got it all just – it looks the best it can possibly look. They didn't even need to do any retakes. It is one of the most classic moments in Sesame Street history. Yeah, I think that the part where – the mom and dad puppets are clearly bumping into each other, and it looks like... It, it Basically, it looks like the father is trying to whack the mother with the head, with his head. That... That was very strong really, social commentary for the time. Absolutely. That was really groundbreaking and part brave. of what makes Sesame Street so special. Yes. And I think a big part of why All Together Now is, is one of the songs we remember best from Sesame Street and have on, you know, their greatest hits CDs. That's why it's on I mean, Platinum. It, it, if you don't have a recording of the Muppets singing all together now from Sesame Street, you can just stop listening to this podcast because you're just not a real Muppet fan. You just don't know what you're talking about. So maybe this show just isn't for you. Let's hear a clip right now. Okay, here we go. We belong together. Everybody ready? Yes. yes. A one, a two, a three, sing! We belong together, we're happy together, and life is a song. When we are together, we know we are where we belong. Second, we're supposed to be singing. We belong together. Yeah. Everybody ready? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. One, a two, a three. Sing. We belong together. We're happy together. When life is a song. When we are together. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold it. Hold it. Stop it. Stop it. Now, what's what song are you singing? We belong together. How does it go? We belong together, we're happy together, and life is a song, yes sir. Okay, that's good, that's good. Okay, now here we go. Everybody ready? Yes. A one, a two, a three, sing. Oh, we belong together, we're happy together, and life is a song. When we are together, we are together. Now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold it, hold it. Just a second. I got an idea. Listen, Ma. This guy's gonna whisk it on the He's singing for the time. Now, while we're this, he's over there singing for the time. What? Now, I got a good idea. Okay. Wow. All right. Okay. All right. Here we go. All right, Pa. All right. All together now. Ready? One, two, three, sing. All together now. All together now. All together now. All together now. All together now.
Wow, you know, I love that sketch almost as much as I love uh, the Sesame Street characters singing Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. I think that is one of the, I mean, step aside, put down the ducky, or just uh, even the song Rubber Ducky just pales in comparison to that great classic sketch. What what was Um, that, Rubber Ducky? Uh, Whatever. It's obscure. Don't. Don't mind yeah, don't, that. Don't, Just, worry, don't worry about it. Yeah. But I, I don't want to go with that because I don't want to have all Beatles songs here for our highlights. I, I was going to say, that, you could also go Octopus's Garden if you're going to go that route. But uh. True. But I think that, you know, the Muppets are known for great character comedy, particularly between two great performers who know how to play off of each other. Uh, two of those performers are Jerry, uh, Jerry Nelson and Frank Oz. Almost said Jerry Jewell. But... He wasn't puppeteering much by this point. So this is, again, very early. Um, For some reason, we're all focusing on on 1969 right now. So we might also want to do a bit on the the 70s later. But this is an early one. I can't remember if it's from the early 70s or from 1969. Classic moment between two puppets named Jerry and Frank, performed by Jerry and Frank, (gasps) in which they teach a lesson about uh, measuring distance that still means a lot to me. Like, any time that I measure anything, I only know how to do it because of what they taught me in this sketch. So, uh, let's go ahead and play that one right now. Hey, Jerry! Hey, Frank, is that you? me, me! How are you? Yeah, good, how are you? Oh, good, long time no see! Yeah, why don't you come on over here and we'll talk! Well, gee, Jerry, it looks like a far way to go there, you know? Yeah, it is pretty far. I think it's too far. Tell you what, tell you what, I got my tape measure here. Yeah. What I'll do is I'll measure how far it is between you and me. Hey, I got a better idea. What's that? If you got your tape measure there, why don't you just measure it and see how far it is between you and me? Sounds good, Jer. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. What I'll do is I'll measure it, see? Yeah. And uh, if it's too far, then I won't be able to come well, and talk uh, to you. forget about it then. Sure, sure. Okay, I'll tell you what you do. Yeah? Take the end of this tape measure. Just hold the end of the tape measure there. You got it? No, let's see. Okay, good. Now, what I'll do is uh, we'll measure it. We'll just stretch it out and measure it, you see? Yeah. And uh, can you hear me all right? Oh, yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I got the tape measure here. Yeah, I got the tape measure. What we'll do is stretch it out right here. We're going back as far as you were before. Right. It's about there, right? Yeah. Okay. What's it say? It says, uh... 37 feet. 37 feet? Yeah, is that too far? That's too far. Okay, let go. Well, sorry about that. It's too far to walk to see you. Well, maybe next time. Maybe next time. My best to the kids and family. Okay. Sorry it's too far to walk. Okay, so long. Wow, that was such a such a touching moment there between those two characters. We're going to do a lot more of these mm. uh, throughout the yes. show over yes. over the course of 2019. We don't want to go ahead and do all the best moments right now. So we just gave you a taste of what's to come. We'll get to stuff like later in the 70s or in the 80s or, or maybe even yeesh, in the 90s later um, in future shows. Well, but I mean, for I think now, unlike, unlike Sesame Workshop, we want to kind of stretch out this celebration, right? We want to kind of... Right, Sesame, I mean, we should you know, enjoy like, this, yeah. Yeah, like, for the 40th anniversary, it seemed like Sesame Street was celebrating that for, like, a day, and then we all forgot about it. So, we're gonna, we're gonna oh, go ahead and give this its time. It, right? Oh. oh, my gosh. Yeah, you'd never know. You'd never know. So, 
Now, just briefly, before we go, we'd like to talk about our favorite characters from Sesame Street. Some earlier characters uh, who mean a lot to us. Uh, would either of you like to start, or can I go? Because I've got one in mind. Um, I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll take mine Okay, here. Steve, by all um, means, take it away. I think, well, I mean, it's, you know, I've, I've had a lot of podcast time over the years to talk about who my favorite Sesame Street character is, and I, I don't think they're... It, it doesn't need a lot of buildup, I guess. Uh, so I'm not going to give it a lot of buildup. Um, because, you know, I've, I've actually had, I, I've talked quite extensively about, you know, I love music so much. And it's such an important part of my life and who I'm. And I got so much of my musical influence from Sesame Street. So uh, I don't think it's any surprise when I say that my absolute favorite Sesame Street character is, without question, Tina Twiddlebug. I mean, Tina Twiddlebug, first of all, my, my a, a great performer, Jerry Nelson. Um, mm -hmm. Tina Twiddlebug, of course, daughter of Thomas and Tessie Twiddlebug. The Twiddlebugs were such an integral part of my young childhood. So much of my identity comes from that family. You Steve, know. Steve, I don't I don't want to put you down here, but you talk about this in like every episode of the Muppet Cast. I, I'm sorry. I'm really I'm I'm sorry about that. I'm gonna start singing Rainbow Connection in a minute. But her first appearance was on Sesame Street season five. And from then, she and her tiny family have held such a large, large place in my heart. Tina Twiddlebug, that that is my pick. Okay. Such All right. A good I'm gonna pick. I, yes, that was Thank excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, know a little predictable. I know it's no shock. I know it's no surprise. Yeah, I'm sorry for being but, so cliche, but since we're... Things become cliche idea. for a reason. Right, right, right. So, so there mean, you if, go. If we're, there. if we're allowed to go with the obvious characters, then... I mean... Okay, I feel a little silly for doing this, but... I think all of us learned a lot growing up from The Count. Uh, from... The oh, fact totally. that the count, you know, he would always count. And that's how we learned how to, like, count. Right. But it's so easy to forget that the count would be nothing without his girlfriend, the countess, who really no one appreciates what the countess did for the count. Because before, before her, the count was with this lady called Natasha, who was horrible. Okay? Natasha is the worst. If I had to pick one Muppet I hate more than any other, it would probably be Natasha, because you have to understand the Count asked her to marry him several times. He, they, they do a whole musical number in which they count the number of times the Count has proposed to Natasha. So she is a heartbreaker. She's going to leave him for, for ruin. He's going to die of heartbreak. And then the Countess comes along. And she gets it. She understands his love of counting. She's the same. And so I really think that in a way, the Countess saved Sesame Street. Because, I mean, if the Count had actually thrown himself off that bridge like we all know he was planning, I don't know that we would have a Sesame Street today. It certainly wouldn't be the same. So let's hear it for the Countess, everyone's favorite Sesame Street character. Mm, Bravo. Mm, nice. Bravo. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. All right, Rotor, it's down to you. So I will admit, um, I don't necessarily have as strong an emotional attachment to my character as you two have for yours, but um, I definitely have learned a lot about 
good storytelling and not only storytelling, but just really solid logic when it comes to problem solving, thanks to this wonderful character. And I know everyone knows who I'm talking about, so I'll just go ahead and say it. Grandmother Helen Happy from the Hunt for Happiness sketch. Mm. She is just, she's an icon. She is an absolute feminist icon she sees I have her lunchbox yes. yes yeah yes. yeah i do too and i have the uh the little the little thermos and the shower cap and she uh-huh. has the um she i'm i'm, I'm sorry I'm, I'm getting choked up here i'm more emotional than i thought <laughs> she is just she sees bullcrap going on and she fixes it and she she looks at mere children and just says, why don't you do this, you dingalings? Who else is going to do that? She is a brave, mm. brave Powerful. character. Powerful, wise. She yes. is, th- this is why I love Sesame Street. This is why I am a puppeteer and so many other things I am, is thank thank you. If you're listening right now, Miss Happy, thank you. Shaping young minds. I want to be just like her someday. Right. <sighs> I'm I'm speechless after that. That was beautiful. It's beautiful, Rotor. <laughs> Thank you. Well, sir. this has been nice. So it's it's time to wrap things up with everyone's favorite segment, a toast and a roast. Yes, that's right. A toast and a roast in which we talk about uh, basically whatever or whoever deserves our thanks and our gratitude and celebration, and you know, whatever or whoever can just go to heck. So we've already done our toast and a roast for the year 2018. How's about we do our toast and a roast for the upcoming year, 2019? Pre-toast and a roast? Maybe for look, yes. looking at the year that is to come? Pre-toast and a roast, anticipating who we're going to toast and roast at the end of the year. Mm. Well, you guys didn't have any ideas for better sketches, so now we're doing this, okay? Okay, all right, fine. That's fair. That's fine, fair. sir. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so... I would like to toast Matt Vogel for the great performances he's going to bring to Uncle Deadly in the upcoming show on Disney Plus starring the Muppets. I cannot wait to see Uncle Deadly in a starring Mm. role again. Yeah. And I'm also going to roast Matt Vogel as Uncle Deadly if Uncle Deadly isn't the star of the new show um, (laughs) on Disney Plus. That is my toast. That is my roast. Steve, what say you? Oh, boy. Um, Let's see. I'm going to uh, toast Kermit the Frog. Ooh. Yes. Let's see how this goes. I'm going to toast Kermit because of the job that he is going to do leading the Muppets into this new era of Muppetdom this grand return of the Muppets that we've been waiting decades for. Oh, wait, there was already a TV show. But this one's going to be different. This one's going to be big. It's going to be bold. It's going to be funny. Those are all big changes from the last one. And uh, this is going to be where Matt Vogel really proves himself as the new performer of Kermit. And I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to pull it off. I think he's going to do everything in his power to uh, bring Kermit as he is now into our minds, into our hearts. He's going to make us laugh. He's going to make us cry. It's going to be great. That's my toast. Unless, unless, what if the new show 
on Disney streaming service is actually just different variations on the rainbow connection in every episode. Like it's just Matt Vogel's Kermit. I would actually be okay with that. In fact, I, I demand that every episode of that new TV show end with Kermit, not just Kermit, nay, the entire cast of Muppet characters coming together no. To sing Rainbow Connection. No, no, no. No. Oh. Okay, Clayton, 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 Clayton. It's okay, it's okay. Okay, uh, just uh, 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 let's, let's do the calming exercises. Breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, relax. Breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, helping? breathe out, relax. Think about your toes. <laughs> My what? Never mind, just forget it. Uh, Steve, what's your roast? Now, having said all of that, I predict nothing but good things for this new Muppet TV show and all the performers and the characters and everyone involved with it. Until we get to my roast. Huh. Because you see, my roast is for Kristen Newman, who will appear. No! She will Steve! appear. She will work her demonic magic to undo everything that the performers work so hard to, uh, well, do. And uh, at the end of it, this show will be left in shambles. We will have nothing of the Muppets that we know and love. Uh, at the end of the road here it will in fact be the end of the road because no one will watch the show every episode will flail in plotline and will reach desperately for a laugh for a song for a smile none of which will ever reach us the audience because of my roast Kristen Newman okay okay so for those of you playing along at home two things it's okay. It's it's okay. It's okay. Scared, breathe in, breathe Jamie. out, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, relax. It's all right. It, you're going to make it. You're going to make it through. Okay, do what I do. Drink some tap water. Have a big gulp. And think about Mildred Huxtetter. Ew. I know. Um, but see, see what, what you listeners at home don't realize is Kristen Newman... For those of you who haven't been listening since uh, the days when we were doing Let's Talk Muppets, she was brought in as, as a writer to uh, fix and sort of reboot the uh, 2015 Muppet Show on ABC. And she didn't ruin things for that show. I think that the show did very well when she was on it. I mean, she's an experienced writer who's worked on a lot of great shows that I really like. Um, somehow our podcast got worse once she uh, took on that role. And so we sort of have what started as a running joke and has turned into a running curse revolving around uh, she who will not be named. Because if we say her name three times when, when recording an episode, the episode's going to go horribly, horribly wrong. And you guys, this is the second thing you need to know. When the mics weren't on, you know, behind the scenes, we already said her name twice today. So, uh, <laughs> I don't think there it may counts, be some. Though. I think it's only it's only in the course of the show. So we're only at two, I think, as long as no one says, I mean, don't, that don't name do ah! one more time, I think we'll be all right. Okay. I think we're going to make it. Uh, Clayton? Yes, yes. Clayton? I'm, I'm sorry. All right. Okay. Let's just, let, come on, let's, let's sing it with me. He's a Caribbean amphibian. This song is not the rainbow the connection. connection. Caribbean amphibian. Kermit has other songs. Oh, wow. JD, you are just some of the greatest comfort I can receive in C this w world. CW, come, come, come here for a minute. Come what, what's wrong? Uh, let's, 
J- JD, we'll, we'll be right back, okay? So, oh, what? Oh, oh okay, okay, hold on. Wait a second. Are you just going to mute me? Okay, I muted him. Now, here's the thing. See, we can't... I, I know that you like JD. Okay? Oh, he's the best. I, I love him. I, I, I know, I know. I like him too, but don't tell him that. Don't You You can't tell him that, you see. Here's, Why? here's the problem, okay? JD is a deeply conflicted individual, all right? Oh, we, is he? This show only works because he has such a low self-esteem and that he's always trying and trying harder, okay? We can't build him up too much because here's the thing. If he's too happy, then this show, all of this goes away, okay? So I know you like him. I know you want to do what's best for him and you want to make him feel good. But if in order to make him feel good, You've got to make him feel bad. You can't, you can't build him up too much. Okay. Are you with me on that? I understand. Okay, good, good. So let's bring him back. And just remember, even though you like him, you can't, don't be too nice. Okay. 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 Here we go. No, hey, mom, hey, we're, mom, we're back, I buddy. told you just leave hey, it hey, alone. Hey, so, I don't need any more. Uh, oh, hi. Hey, hi. hey, <laughs> buddy. So, sorry we had to. Just, all right. All right, you jerk. Here we go. Let, let's keep the show going. Yeah, okay. you, 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 bad per- per- person. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Um, Yeah, I, I guess this show uh, hasn't been uh, as good as it could be. So, uh. Yeah, you know what? Let's just end it here. Let's just end it right here. We just ended with Toast and Roast, which is our normal closing segment. I think that's a pretty good place to stop. I mean, yeah. Well, did, did wait, wait, did, did CW do his Toast and Roast yet? Oh, it, it, it's it's fine. I I I don't need I don't need to do my my, my Toast. No, and roast. it's it's okay by all means. Oh, see, uh, you uh, forgot, claim... JD. Way to go, buddy. Way to go. I I I, I yeah, I'm trying here. Uh, Clayton, by Jared. all means, please. Thank Clayton, you. by I, all I, means. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, no, thank you, J, JD. You. Oh oh boy. <clears throat> okay. Um, for for my toast and a roast. Um, let's see. I am going. Okay, <clears throat> I've I've got it now. I am all going right. to toast Orlando. No, nay. I'm going to toast SeaWorld for realizing. Hey. Nobody likes us. We got to do something. And, you know, the first step to recovery is recognizing that, hey, I have a problem. And so what they're doing, they're saying, we got to do something that doesn't suck. This isn't our gift, but, you know, you got to tread new waters if you want to if you want to improve. So what are we going to do? We're going to get Sesame Place, except better than Sesame Place, because you can actually go in Hooper's store. And as for my roast, I'm going to roast Teddy Ruxpin for existing. And with that, we come to the end of another episode of Muppet Fans Talking. Thank you for joining us for show number 16 here at MuppetHub.com, where the Muppetational comes together. Find us on Twitter at MuppetHub. To find us on Facebook, go to Facebook, search for Muppet Hub. That's what you're going to do anyway. Steve, where can people find you? Well, maybe for a little while longer they can find me here, but I can't make any promises, but I think CW still needs a little bit more help from me, so I'll stick around at least one more show. (laughs) Yeah, I I really could use some help. (laughs) Okay, uh, well, uh, Clayton, where can people find you? 
Um, you can find me here, of course, and you can find me um, at, I'm on Instagram where you can find my art at the art of CW Rotor. That is at T A T A R T O F C W R O E D E R E R. Why are there two ERs? I have no idea. It's a mystery of God. And with the same spelling, you can find me at CW Rotor on Twitter. Hey, what kind of last name is Rotorer? I believe Cherokee. Oh, great. And JD, thank you for having me. <clears throat> JD, you better think nice and good about having me on the show again, because you're a s- silly Bill. And with that, I'm JD Hansel, and I hate pepperoni. That's a good one. Yeah. Yep. Oh. <sighs> that took a while. I'm, t- I'm going to turn off the mic. A, yeah, yeah, I'm turning mine off. Yeah, I'll, I'll stop it, mine too. Uh, yes. Should we do the clap so JD knows where to edit like we did last time? Oh, yeah, that's good. We're doing what? claps to sync our audio tracks now, Steve, to save me time. All right. You hate that, don't you, Steve? It's a little dumb, but okay. But it's helpful. <laughs> All right, that's fine. On the back end. Okay. I spend hours and hours editing this show now because we have so much audio to dig through, so getting things synced up ahead of time is very helpful. That's what happens when you have four hosts on the show, yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> If you don't have a recording of the Muppet singing all together now from Sesame Street, you can just stop listening to this podcast because you're just not a real Muppet fan. You just don't know what you're talking about. So maybe this show just isn't for you. Let's hear a clip right now. I'm looking at this sketch right now for the first time, and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know what the you're talking time about. I so saw I'll be it. It's like, oh this. my gosh! Just wait till it gets closer to the end. So this is like the Beatles song. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And oh my word, the the fact that they didn't say hey, <laughs> the fact even just like a janitor like hey, you guys should try that one more time. <laughs> I mean, I like some of what they're doing here, but some of it's just bad. Have Have you gotten to the part where body parts are coming off yet? Wait. Yes! Oh my gosh! Her eye just came off! Her eye just came off! I love this! I love it's, it so It's ironic much. because the song is all together now and they're coming apart. Oh my gosh. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I am going... Okay, I've, I've got it now. I am all going right. to toast... Orlando, no, nay, I'm going to toast SeaWorld for realizing, hey, nobody likes us. We got to do something. (laughs) The first part of recovery. (laughs) Wait, you got to start that one over. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Start from just when you're toasting SeaWorld. Okay. That was perfect. Steve, 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 do me a favor. Yeah. Can you come in? And actually take Clayton aside and inform him in whatever way you can, just trying to give him advice that this entire show 
only functions if I am deeply insecure. Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah, he's okay, going okay, to have to right. restrain himself there. Just go ahead. Oh, oh just, you so, know what would be funny before we do that? Yeah. What would be really funny is if Steve tells me that, and then from here on out, I'm really worried about JD feeling insecure. So now I'm constantly trying to make sure, even more so than I already was, that he knows that he's the best. He doesn't have to worry about, and I, I just, like, I just completely misread well, Steve's advice. I, I think... Let's try something slightly different. So, okay, I, I will. I'll still take you aside and explain that the show doesn't work if JD feels too good about himself. So we we have to we have to bring him down. We have to make fun of him for the good of the show. Therefore, CW, your character being such a fan of JD that now you're so conflicted because you feel like you have to make fun of JD in order to keep his spirits down so the show will be good so that you can continue to love JD for the show that he produces, you see. So that I can be happy. I can right. only be happy if I'm unhappy. Right. See, this that's... is This is like what I was talking about with Cookie Monster earlier. I think I'm such a one-note character, but then all no, of this, this is, like, this emotional conflict. This is going to be really wonderful. You, you're going to love this. Oh, my this. gosh. Okay. This is going to be okay, great. Okay, here we go. All right, so, so you just said what you said. I'm going straight from there. 